0: Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Little mortals, everything you are about to hear in this podcast is completely improvised. The film title and director's names are kept as secret as the grave from our guest and our team until the moment that we hit record. They are about to work together like cursed children of the night to create a film that will undoubtedly be a box office smash hit. Welcome to this week's episode of the Improvised Movie Director Podcast.
1: Marielle Heller says seeing yourself reflected on screen is a very important part of being human. It makes us feel less alone. It makes us feel connected to humanity. I often feel alone, and it's something that only good cinema can really combat for me. Today's director has shone a light on humanity and helped us to see it reflected back at us in all its imperfect glory. I'm Martina Minow, and today's guest is none other than Roxy Barnaby, director of Stuart Little Women. Welcome, Roxy.
2: Thank you so much. It is a real joy to be here on your podcast, Martina, talking about my work. It's, it's really my favorite thing, truly. Oh, It's an
1: absolute pleasure, Roxy, and I've wanted to speak to you for some time. Stuart Little Women, it's, it's a classic. It's going to be spoken about for hundreds of years to come. You have entered the canon of classic cinema.
2: Oh, thank you. And this really was my intention with this film because we've seen films about mice before. Of course. Like that has been done. We've seen mice outsmarting cats. We've seen mice being adopted by humans. But have we ever seen mice really grow as women, and into women, but retain their smallness of size. And that's really the, the kind of the, the dynamic and, and the, the paradox that, that I was working with here.
1: Absolutely, and you, you're really bringing to life the challenge I felt as a young, as a young woman, where I'm small in stature, but I'm large in personality and power, and I saw that in your characters. Now talk us through your protagonist. Where did the inspiration come from?
2: Right, so, I mean, like you said, a lot of us have experienced being young and sometimes young women, and I was one of those. Like, I was very into psychoanalysis, but also I started off my life as being not very old and also not very big, which was difficult for me personally, because I, I wanted to be bigger and I wanted to really own my power and the power that I saw of the other people around me and my family. So I, I, um, I was born into a family of people who were a generation older than me. And it took me a lot of time and a lot of, a lot of work, a lot of waiting, a lot of eating, a lot of sleeping. And then I too became older. So it is based on me. And um, you asked about the protagonist. Yeah. Maisie. Small. Young. Mouse. I felt like a mouse, you know. I don't know if you've ever felt like a mouse.
1: Oh, yes. And, and I. you won't believe this, but I, too, was not very old and not very big when I was born. And I, too, grew up with a different generation. And... I just don't know if people really realize how difficult that is.
2: No, and there are actually so many of us. Yes, and we don't talk about it enough, do we? No, we really don't. No. Well, this. Sorry, just I don't want to interrupt you, but to go back to the wonderful quote at the beginning of this podcast about seeing yourself reflected in in cinema and the screen—that is what I am doing for people like me, and for people like you, and for other small or ex-small people out there who just have not had that representation absolutely absolutely
1: and I I really identified with Maisie Mouse I thought she was a wonderful Mm. protagonist Uh, I I particularly liked the opening sequence we see Maisie amongst her family and she's just not understood and it's it's something that really resonated so let's play that now the opening sequence to Stuart Little Women where we see Maisie Mouse for the very first time
3: Good morning, everyone. We've got everyone of tall stature here in, in the village. We've got long Bob. Hello. We've got lofty George. Hello there. We've got, you know, towering Thomas.
0: Yeah. It sure is cold up here in the mountains.
3: And then, well, hang on a minute. I told y'all to make a straight line. Why have we got a dip in between towering Thomas and statuesque Simon? Well,
0: if I can interrupt you with an explanation for one second, Pastor, I believe it is because uh, your young Miss Maisie is yet again missing from the Morning Height Organized Differential lineup.
3: Well, somebody come and find that SOB.
0: Uh, uh, sorry, I'm late, Pastor. I was busy reading psychoanalysis texts in the basement. I'm the only person in the entire town small enough to fit in. And boy, oh boy, am I excited about the concept of the collective unconsciousness.
3: Now, look here. I've told you before. There ain't no room for no psychoanalysis. There ain't no room for no thought leadership. I've told you before. God is number one. God tells you everything you need to know.
0: Very well, Pastor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sometimes I forget the teachings of this little town. Sometimes I just well don't you ever want to read bigger pasta don't you ever want to look into concepts of defining the self between the conscious and unconscious experiences don't you ever want to understand an archetype or a persona which are two words and concepts that I I loved explaining and exploring but I won't bore you with
3: now now look here Maisie there's many crazy things in this world, like why everyone in this town in Massachusetts is southern for no reason.
0: Yeah, we're tall, we're southern. Welcome to Massachusetts. Yeah.
3: But nonetheless,
0: I ride a real big horse.
3: You might be young now, but you ain't gonna be young forever.
1: My my, the collective unconscious. I feel that like you're tapping right into that with this, Roxy. May I call you Roxy? Oh, sure, of course. Thank you. Um, and and I see here that you have drawn on your own life experiences. How did your family respond when you put such a bold piece of cinema out into the world?
2: Well, I mean, as you've seen in that scene that you just played, I grew up, of course, I'm drawing on my own experience here. I grew up in a very deeply religious, very closed minded community of Southern Massachusetts citizens and they are pretty anti-intellectual and I've got to tell you that my my parents were not happy about me going into the arts in the first place. They came around when I did a remake of um, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream Boat. They liked that because they like the biblical stuff. So that kind of repaired Bridges but honestly Martina watching this with them was hard. It brought out a lot of their intolerance of um, academics. They have a particular bias against them. And, you know, quite frankly, we are not close anymore.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry.
2: Yeah, it's tough.
1: I'm so sorry. And if my own experiences of uh, parental disagreement or anything to go by, that will keep you in therapy for quite some time.
2: Yes, but luckily, I do like therapy. Uh.
1: So helpful, so helpful. And, mm. and for me, cinema is a form of therapy. I've said that before, and I stand by it. And actually, we do see Maisie Mouse really come into her own. She's, she takes on the entire community who are saying, No, Maisie, get back in your little mouse box. Don't dream big. Don't think hard. Just grow up, be tall, and be done with it. And she inspires all of the other little women in the town to join her. And suddenly, we've got a mousy feminist revolution. And I thought, yes, take down the patriarchy. Take down the tall ones. Let's go. Well, I was here for that, as the youth say.
2: That's what I'm talking about. And that is the catharsis that all of the audience, and particularly the small people in the audience, will experience because we all identify with Maisy Mouse. We felt like mice. We felt... Stuart littled and we have felt that we are not taken seriously we have been humiliated in our morning height differential lineups which I think is such an outdated custom it's insane that they still have that but when she gets that little um, bicycle pump and she attaches it to her finger and she is like I am not gonna be small anymore I am going to inflate myself and off she goes You know, she gets bigger, she rises up and the rest of the small women in the town, they get bigger and they rise up as well.
1: It was phenomenal. We've actually got a clip of the rising up sequence. Um, it was quite remarkable to watch, uh, and, and I must say, I thought the I thought the CGI and I thought the special effects were rather spectacular. It was fantastic. Let's cut to the rising up revolution sequence from Stuart Little Women, one of my personal favourites. <laughs> Ladies of Southern Massachusetts,
0: rise up! Each of you do as I have done. Place a bicycle pump upon your finger and become the size of fucking Godzilla. If this town will not take us, we will crush it! Teresa from the bank! Heather from the bakery! All of you, inflate, rise up, and crash!
3: Oh, yes, let's go and rise up. I'm from Manchester, but never mind, I'll join in as well. We're not reduced to accent, are we? Oh, Molly,
0: we know you're from Manchester. You mention it every time, but we're proud to have you with us, and you're right, we're not limited by accent. Some of us have completely ill-fitting English accents in this southern Massachusetts town, but do you know what? Sometimes it's just better to do an accent you can bloody well do.
3: Yes, that's about right. I'm Mrs. Goofy. (laughs) I'm going to join in as well. Oh, Mrs. Goofy, thank goodness. No organised
0: feminist movement is complete without the wife of that cartoon dog. Get in here, Mrs. Goofy, and inflate yourself.
1: There she goes. Inflate yourself. And if that isn't a message of positive... Building women up, I don't know what is. I felt I felt inflated. I felt uplifted.
2: Inflate yourself. And with this single by Beyonce, Inflate Yourself is going to be, you know, it's going to be blared out in the clubs. It's going to be blared out from village barbecues. We're going to get all the women inflating themselves. And we, of
1: course, have a clip of Inflate Yourself by Beyonce. Um it's it's quite wonderful. All the tiny
0: women, all the tiny women, all the tiny women. Now blow yourselves up, up in the pub. Just went out, got a bicycle pump. Taking my time, feeling real fine. Gonna not be a charm. I had to spend eighteen dollars on getting this pump now, but I'm gonna put it in my finger, and you're not gonna believe how. If you're sick of being small, then you should be big. If you're sick of being tall, then you should be big. If you're sick of being tall, then you should be big. If you're sick of being tall, then you should be big.
2: What a smash hit that is. It is amazing. You know what? I'm really honored to have her write. What I think is her best track ever for
1: our film. A hundred percent. And I'm not very au fait with pop culture, but I feel like this one's going to be a hit.
2: Oh, yeah. It's already, uh, I'm not, I mean, I'm not equating you with these people, but it is already uh, in the top of the um, nursing home charts. So we know that it's, you know, it has universal appeal. Absolutely.
1: And and, and really, it is the circle of life because they're the very oldest and they do tend to shrink when they're a little older, aren't they? And it really just goes round, just goes round. You know, that is
2: really interesting. That's hmm, that's given me an idea for my next film. You know, maybe I should explore that experience of having been big and now being deflated.
1: You know, and the ravages of time. My skin is starting to puncture and wrinkle like a day old balloon after a children's party. You know, and I can only see it getting worse. It's true. It's true.
2: You must have had a lot of work done because it doesn't look like it is wrinkly. Well, a lady never tells. A lady never tells. Um,
1: I don't know if you've been following the press, but actually, you have inspired a generation and quite a number of children have risen up and they formed a union. It's called the Children's Union and they're saying, don't treat us like we're small. Don't treat us like we're little. We have opinions, and they're asking for the right to vote, actually.
2: Um, How do you feel about that? Wow, the fact that I would have inspired such a movement? Goodness, I mean, I I have always thought that the voting age should be reduced from 18 to 6, personally. You know, if you can read, you can vote. Uh, a, a good measure, a good measure. And um,
1: we've actually got a spokesperson on from the Children's Union. Uh, this is Thomas Tinkle Land, and he would like to express why he should have the right to vote. Thomas is six and three quarters. Uh, he was very, very firm with me that I should mention the three quarters. It would be remiss of me not to. Here's Thomas Tinkle Land uh, putting forward his claim on why children should have the right to vote.
3: If, If i could vote i would vote for the man or the woman who has the most dinosaurs because dinosaurs would be able to increase economic stimulus and would make for a better draft animal than cows or horses and with the 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 shift away from fossil fuel based vehicles, we should be returning to natural sources of energy in order to increase economic output. Not to mention that it would provide a tourist attraction and increase money coming in from there. But unfortunately, no one's legislating to have prehistoric power. So if more, more six and three quarters people could vote, then it would be beneficial for our political system and might generate a steer away from a two-party system, which is increasingly stagnant and, and antiquated. And I want more chocolate buttons. What an
1: Inspiring leader Thomas Tinkle Land is and actually that notion of dinosaurs in politics we saw that recently in Marcus Entwistle's La La Land Before
2: Time and I think you know it's all coming together. Wow what an amazing film that was what a real breath of fresh air I mean that kid is really re-energizing political debate I didn't understand all this stuff about uh, moving away from a fossil fuel economy and two-party system and stuff, but I like the dinosaurs. Well,
1: let's see how the children's union get on, but I don't think it'll be long until we have a toddler in charge. So, you've already lightly alluded to the possibility of another film in the works. Tell me, Roxy, are there some more concrete plans? What's afoot?
2: Well, (laughs) oh. I've got a few ideas and I'm floating around uh, that are in the pipeline. I think the next one is Tony and the Concrete Foot. It's a, very, it's a project I'm very excited about, but it's exploring the idea of what really is it to be human? And what if your elbow was not in fact made of flesh, but was like a donut, you know? It's kind of following on from things like Pinocchio, where he's a boy made of wood, so is he a real boy... This is the story of Tony, whose foot is made of concrete. And due to various societal pressures, he is led to believe that he is not a real boy. It sounds like a truly important piece of cinema.
1: Um, I hope you would let us play the trailer for Tony and the Concrete Foot. Would that be okay? Oh, I would be honored. Well, I'm delighted. For the first time ever, here is the trailer for Tony and the Concrete Foot coming to cinemas near you soon.
0: in a world where one man has a foot made of concrete.
3: you got a foot made of concrete, you weirdo. You can't play football with us. You've just got a diameter you can go around. You can't even run around the field. It's
0: true. I just run in circles. Oh, maybe just just give me one chance. Look, I'm really good at kicking the ball. In a world where you could be made of what we make our roads out of.
3: (laughs) I've got a tarmac elbow, but a concrete foot, that's ridiculous, isn't it Dave? Yeah. I've got a cone for an edge, but concrete foot, who ever thought of that? Yeah, it's
0: ridiculous. I've got cat's eyes for real eyes. You know those things they put in the middle of the road. But it's ridiculous. I presume I really cannot see. Oh, come on you guys. I'm sure there's some place in this world for me. Tony's concrete foot and the rest of
3: Tony. Oh my god! There's an earthquake! If only we had a piece of concrete to put in this fault line! Yes, that
0: sucks. (gasps) Wait a second! But if I put my foot in this fault line, that means that I can't leave the middle of San Francisco. And it's so warm and busy. I'll be stuck here for the rest of my life! (gasps) Starring Daniel Day-Lewis as
3: Tony. I'm doing an accent that sounds wrong, but is right because apparently it's of the time period. Uh, Danny
0: DeVito as uh, Tony's star lover, Aubrey.
3: Don't you pee-braids get it? His foot is
0: amazing. And that guy named Daniel who played James Bond, Daniel Craig is who he is, playing the bully. I want you to put the foot down, Mr. Tony. Tony and the Concrete Foot, coming to cinemas with a step clunk, step clunk, this fall.
1: And when that makes it onto Broadway, it'll win a few Tonys of its own. What a stellar production that is. I can't wait to see it. I feel there's a very important message around inclusivity uh, in that film, and in fact, in all of your works. And, well, Roxy, you've made me feel included and represented. And for that, I thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for including me in this. Our absolute pleasure. We're coming to the end of our interview today, Roxy. Do you have any final words of wisdom for our listeners? Well, of
2: course, uh, you know, inflate yourself is really the message of, of, of my current work. And if you really believe in yourself and in every one of your limbs, you can be whatever size you want to be. Absolutely. Thank you, Roxy. And dear
1: listeners, inflate yourself. The Improvised Movie Director podcast featured Sabrina Luisi as Martina Minow with resident improvisers Vicky Hawley and Rory Vieira with special thanks to today's guest, Angelisi. Singh IMDP is produced and edited by Steve Tanner Theme music by Matt Brown and Johnny Griffiths Episode artwork by Marty Sears Additional music by Stan Babich Follow us at Improv Movie Pod for updates on future episodes and live shows. Improvised Movie Director Podcast is a 4foot1 Films production.